Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job asks the question, do all spiritual roads lead to heaven? Sometimes things that look like Christianity will travel alongside, they will introduce themselves subtly. We won't even really know. It seems like a small variation, but it leads to a major heresy. You need to be careful about those things. We live in a dangerous and deceptive world. There are many false teachers everywhere who can subtly get you off course. So what recourse do we have? And how can we protect ourselves from being led astray? Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend Program with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Do all roads lead to heaven? Mark, we're going to address that here today. Yeah, Wayne, we live in a very deceptive world, don't we? Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that comes across as true, but it's really fake. In fact, you know, I was just thinking, Wayne, you do such a great job on bold steps. You are such a professional. I have a big wad of money. I just, I mean, this is a stack of money. I want to hand it to you right there just just to compensate you, brother. What do you think about that? It's going to be a little hard to take this to the bank. It's Monopoly money, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I appreciate it, but it's a thought that counts, right? (laughs) And that's the point is that so many times we're being given monopoly money uh, that tries to pass off as the real thing. When it comes to the spiritual world, there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of lookalike. There's a lot of stuff that is very similar to the truth, but it veers us off slightly and can lead to an absolutely different destination. Ah, I see. That's a good point. Right now, let's not delay this message any further. With a special word and a warning, here's Mark Job and a message from Second Peter that he's titled, Do All Spiritual Roads Lead to Heaven? Sometimes we live in a world that can be dangerous. Boy, all you have to do is turn on the news and you're reminded of how dangerous the world can be at times. And no matter how dangerous it may seem physically, I believe that the perils and the dangers in the spiritual world are just as vibrant and just as real as the physical world. Uh, because we live in a spiritual world that's also dangerous. I went to Mozambique for the first time, Africa for the first time, a couple of years ago. And as I looked on the internet, just kind of understanding a little bit more about the country, one of the things that caught my attention was the fact that it stated a warning. And it said that because of the civil war that had happened a few years back, that there were mines explosive mines that were buried off of some of the roads that were put there during the Civil War, and many people had lost their legs and limbs because of that, because these mines are unearthed. So it was giving a caution to stay on the main roads and not get off to the little side country roads because it could be dangerous. And I thought to myself, well, I really want to stay on the main roads. Because side roads can be dangerous. In the spiritual world, it's kind of the same way. We need to make sure that we're staying on the main road with God because 
the side roads, the little roads that lead us off the road sometimes can be mortal to our spiritual life. And so we need to make sure that we determine in our life, God, keep me on track because there's minds in the spiritual world that also can cause me to lose my life. And 2 Peter is really a warning about that. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 1 of 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter is talking to them about all the dangers that exist in the spiritual world. And he's reminding them that there are forces that can lead us astray. A year from now, two years from now, if we were to look over this auditorium, some people that are currently here today will be missing a year from now, not because they died, not because they moved away, but some will be missing because they fall away. History shows us, and my, my experience tells me, that there are people that because of different forces in their life, either they become so discouraged that they bail out or they become distracted by other things that they think are more important than their spiritual life or they get caught up in a web of compulsive, addictive behaviors that sends them away or they get caught up into some kind of wrong uh, thinking or teaching that causes them to fall away but the truth is that every day there are forces that are pulling at your soul to try to rip you away from your relationship with God do you feel those forces at times I mean every single one of us has temptations thoughts emotions discouragement spiritual battles around us that are literally trying to take us from our walk from, with God. And some of those forces will succeed in some people's lives. And so therefore, we as believers, as followers of the way, need to make sure that we are on guard, that we are prepared, that we're watching carefully our spiritual walk, or we also can become a casualty of those that fall away. And Peter is speaking to believers, and he's saying, I want you to be careful. I want you to watch out, because some of you could become victims to spiritual two-bout. And beginning in, ver in chapter 2, verse 1, he warns them, first of all, about false teachers. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. He's talking about the past and says there were false prophets in the past. A prophet is someone that claims to speak for God, the words of God. He says, some, some of the people that claim to speak for God are false. They're not on target. What they're speaking is not God's word. And just as there have been false prophets in the past, he says, there will also be false teachers in the future and among you, and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even the denying the sovereign Lord who bought, bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed... These teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. There will be many false teachings and misguided leaders that will lead many people astray spiritually. So, be on guard. What Peter's telling them is that 
in the latter days, as we progress in time, it should not surprise us that things will get worse. In fact, Scripture talks about that, that in the latter times, things will get worse. Violence will increase. False teachings will increase. Uh, people's hearts will grow colder. We'll see darkness in more augmented forms. Uh, we'll see things that we never thought would happen. In our generation, we'll see things getting worse and worse morally, spiritually, in a lot of different ways. And Peter is saying, don't be surprised by this because prophecies predict that closer to the coming of Christ, closer to the end of, of times, that things will get worse. However, having said that, there will also be pockets of incredible light. The darker it gets, the lighter the light shines. And so although darkness will increase, so will the light of God. And we'll live in a season where things will be very interesting because things will seem to get worse morally, but there'll also be really pockets of truth that will shine. We'll see a lot of people come to God, a lot of turnaround happening, but he warns us that as, as time progresses, things will get increasingly tougher even for believers. And one of the things that will happen is that false teaching will increase. In fact, he's not the only one that predicted it. Jesus, for example, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, says at that time, speaking of the end, end times, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Uh, I have people ask me all the time, Pastor Mark, uh, how close are we to the end time? Well, I have no idea. In fact, I don't think we, I'm supposed to predict that at all uh, because all I know is this, we're closer than we have ever been before. Hello? Uh, we've progressed more in time. We're closer than we've ever been before to the coming of Jesus Christ and to the prophetic things that will happen in the end time days. Now, I don't think we need to worry about the year, the time, the date. In fact, the Bible says that if anybody comes to you and says, hey, the world is going to end in this day, this year, or Jesus is coming back on this day, this year. Be assured of this. They are a false prophet. No one knows the time. No one knows the day. No one knows the exact timing. Anybody that tries to predict that is way off target. So don't be selling your property and, and moving to Montana and hunkering down in some bombshell with bottles of water and a generator and a lot of Red Bull somewhere over there to keep you going. No, don't worry about that. You just live out your life for Christ. Some people are alarmist. And they're always afraid of the incoming and things happening. And I'm saying, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I have no stockpiles of water in my basement. I have no uh, thousand cans of Campbell's soup in my uh, closet at home. I'm not worried about that. I, the best way to prepare for the future is to live for God in the present. Amen? So make sure you're living for God. But you need to be on guard spiritually. The best way to live for God in the future is to live for Him in the present. I like that. And that's a good reminder for all of us. This is the new Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. We'll get back into the message in just a moment, so please stay with us. 
Did you know that all of Mark's messages are online? So if you've missed any in our growing collection, be sure to catch up online at boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're there online, don't forget to sign up for a new email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's free and delivered right to your inbox every Monday morning. When it comes to spiritual leaders, the Bible says that false prophets will appear. And discerning who we should listen to is what Mark addresses right now. Also, Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 22 through 23, for false Christs and false prophets will appear, and some of them will actually perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect. Notice, these are convinced followers of Christ. If that were possible, so be on guard, I have told you everything ahead of time. So Peter is warning them that in the end days there will be teaching that will be false, that will lead people astray. Now, the good news and the bad news. When we talk about false teaching, it's, I'm not frightened of the obvious wackos that are out there teaching crazy things, because they're obvious, right? Some guy dressing in white robes with his hair all over the place and glazed eyes saying, I'm the Christ, come and follow me. I said, right, buddy. You know, you just got out of prison, got off sheet, wrapped yourself around, said, you're the Christ. You're just a wacko that needs a little medication probably or a few demons cast out. So no one's going to fall for that because, hey, it's pretty obvious where you're coming from. And that's not the kind of thing we're worried about, right? But it's the more subtle deceptions that we're worried about. For example, if you were to exit this building after service and you were to go down to a, a, a corner grocery store and you were to buy something and the cashier gives you some change, what if they handed you a $10 Monopoly bill? You say, well, I gave you a 20, why are you giving me that? Well, here's 10 bucks. You're gonna look at them and say, this is fake money. I mean, it's Monopoly money. What color is the $10 one? Someone said yellow, right? Okay, so they hand you a yellow Monopoly thin small bill and say, here, here's 10 bucks. You're going to say, what, do I look dumb or something? I mean, of course I know this isn't $10. It's not even green. It's yellow. It doesn't have the right president on the face. I'm not going to fall for this. It's obviously you're trying to trick me. I'm not worried about that because we can easily tell the difference. But if, on the other hand, you were to go to a store and someone were to hand you a $10 bill, yet it is close to the real thing, only an expert upon careful examination, putting it to the light, checking the numbers, and the intricate details can tell that it's a fake $10 bill. I'm more worried about that kind of deception. And in fact, that's what Peter warns these people about. He says, false teachers will arise among you. And he says, and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Uh, that word secretly uh, that is listed right there, if you look at the Greek word for secretly, it's the word parasigo. Now, it starts with the word para. Para means something that travels alongside. Uh, these destructive false teachings travel close alongside of Christianity and introduce themselves 
uh, secretly, subtly into the teachings of Christianity. But, but they introduce themselves secretly, but they're not subtle lies. They lead to mega heresies. And, and so Peter is saying you need to be careful because sometimes things that look like Christianity will travel alongside, they will introduce themselves subtly. We won't even really know. It seems like a small variation, but it leads to a major heresy. You need to be careful about those things. Because those little small deviations from Christianity can lead you astray and lead you down a major uh, erroneous path that could derail your Christianity. Now you say, well, pastor, how can we tell whether it, it is or isn't? How can we tell if a subtle form of heresy is being introduced? Well, first of all, of course, the obvious thing is in order to know the fake you need to study the original. Are you tracking with me? You don't need to become an expert in cult and false teachings. You need to become an expert in the truth. You need to know your Bible. You need to know the Word. You need to understand the basics of Christianity so that when you come up with something that's false, you can easily identify it as false because you know Scripture. If you don't know the truth, then you can easily be dissuaded by that which is false. So you need to become a student of the Word of God, a student of Scripture. Now, where do these heresies typically introduce themselves? Well, there's two areas that typically these heresies can be identified and introduce themselves. The, most of the heresies that I see or the false teachings that I see revolve around the person of Jesus and our way to salvation. So let's start for, for a minute with the person of Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of teachings there about Jesus that are, are false or devious or look right but are wrong. For example, you can ask someone, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And there's a lot of people that will say, of course I do. Sure, I believe in Jesus. But what they mean by believing in Jesus may be different than what you mean by believing in Jesus. For example, there's a lot of groups out there that believe that Jesus was a good teacher a good rabbi, a good model, and a good example. And when you say, do you believe in Jesus? They say, sure, I believe in Jesus. But that's what they mean. And that's where they stop. As a good example, a good rabbi, some groups out there believe that Jesus was a good prophet. And so when you say, do you believe in Jesus? They say, sure, I believe in Jesus was a good prophet, and Baha'i was a good prophet, and, and this guy, and... Krishna was a good prophet. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but that's not what the Bible says. Let's get this clear about Jesus. Orthodox historical Christianity holds to the tenet that Jesus is the Son of God, but not merely, simply the Son of God. When we say Son of God, we need to understand that we're talking that Jesus is the second person of the Godhead, but if you study Scripture, you'll realize that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead, has always existed in the form of God, and has never been created as, a, as, as the Son, but has always existed with the Father. In other words, Jesus is not a created being, He is a eternally existent God with the Father. Uh, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Logos, or the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. And then it goes on and it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. Who's it talking about? Jesus Christ. What's it saying about Jesus? That Jesus has always existed, He has always been God, and He also is the Son of God. There is no time in history that Jesus has never been God. When he came down to this uh, earth and existed as a human being, he never emptied himself of his deity. He became fully man while existing as fully God in a sinless existence. That, my friends, is crucial to historical Christianity. If someone is teaching any other, any other facts than that about the person of Jesus, you are buying into a gospel that's not the biblical gospel about the person of Jesus. You say, well, why, that, why is that so important to understand? Because salvation revolves around the person of Jesus, and you can't put your trust in a Savior that you do not understand. Which leads to the second area where a lot of confusion happens, and it's about how salvation occurs, and there's a lot of heresy around salvation. And let me clarify this just once and for all, because most of the heresy about salvation and how we get right with God goes something like this. There's a lot of people that believe that when you die, you're going to come before God the Father, and God's going to have a scale. In one side, he's going to put all the bad works. And on this other scale, he's going to put all your good works. Let me tell you, that makes sense at the grocery store when you're buying a pound of meat. But that is not the way that it works spiritually. God's standard to make it into his presence is this. Are you ready? Perfection. The only thing that is able to make you righteous to come before the presence of God is the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ because it's his death on the cross of the only begotten Son of God, all God, all man, dying on the cross. When that blood is applied to your life, it cleanses you from all the past, present, and future sins. And therefore, the righteousness that you stand before God in is not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ because he has cleansed you. It's the only way to God. God's gold standard is perfection. The only way to achieve that, though, is through Jesus Christ. It's only because of His sacrifice that we're able to stand before a holy God as clean and perfected beings. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job right here on the new Bold Steps Weekend. As Mark mentioned earlier, we have to be students of Scripture, knowing truth from lies. And if you're looking for ways to go deeper in your own study of God's Word, let me encourage you to go to our website and explore what's available. You'll find past programs, the link to our weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly, and our bold resources like our current offer from Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware. It's a treat for C.S. Lewis fans, and Mark, tell us more about this. For more than 70 years, adults and children alike have been captivated by C.S. Lewis' enchanting book series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Most Christians are aware of its Christian themes, But the depths to which the gospel reaches through the timeless classic is truly astonishing. To understand the deeper meaning behind the series, 
I'd like to recommend a book called Finding God in the Land of Narnia. It's our Bold Step Action Gift this month, and it's an in-depth read that will help you learn how C.S. Lewis used this series to build a bridge for disbelieving minds. We'd love to send you a copy with your gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Well, that's right. And to ask for your copy, just call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or give online at boldstepsweekend.org. And if becoming a partner is not something you can do right now, let me remind you that you can always give a one-time donation too. Just address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And when you reach out today, be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you and your family this year. We read every card, letter, email, and social media post that we receive, and we love hearing about how God is working in your life. And then before we close out today, let me remind the guys out there that coming up next month, Moody Radio will be hosting the Walk Worthy Conference. Ephesians 4 reminds us that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, and this one-day event will be a great way to connect with other men of God. You can register in person and online, and to sign up right now, visit boldstepsweekend.org. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepherd on behalf of the entire team at Bold Steps Weekend. Thanks for listening. And be sure to join us again next weekend when Mark addresses why it seems like the people who are blatantly against God prosper in this world, while those who strive to do things God's way seem to struggle. It's an encouraging and eye-opening message. And you'll hear Mark's answer next time, right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.